Hey everybody, welcome back to the Hit Factor. We missed last week. Here we are, Jeremy Reed, uh, Jared Fox, and well, Jason was here. I think he walked away. He probably had to go pee. He can't hold it very long these days. He is old and has a small bladder, so it just happens when you get here old. Here he is. He's got his earbuds back in now. All right, so we're back in it. We've shot a couple matches. We've got some listener questions. Lots of good stuff going on tonight. So, Jeremy's going to kick it off with some questions that he got from a friend, listener, admirer, buddy. I don't know. Kick it off. <laughs> I, I don't know either, but uh, I thought this is a, a semi-interesting question. I don't know how much stage design you guys do, but uh, so the question is, it says, I unfortunately have never made it to one of your matches, but everyone... I talked to in Lubbock raves about your stages. How do you approach stage designing and do you use any software to design stages? Um, so I don't know if you guys do stage design at all uh, for your local stuff or not. Didn't we answer this on the last podcast? No, no, we didn't get to the, we didn't get to the the question. Okay. It just seems like I'd already, we'd already talked about it. I think you were drinking a lot. So, Monday, okay. <laughs> so, right, uh, are we each going to answer so this? The, uh, anybody that does, I mean, I'll answer it, and then, like, you guys can uh, either agree or disagree or tell me how you do it different. Um, as far as using any software to design stages, no, I don't do that. Um my stage design, it's a little bit different than most because we have two bays uh, that we run our we run six stage matches in and two bays. Uh, they're fairly big, so I at least have that. But I've got to I've got whenever I'm designing stages, I have that consideration. I've got to put three stages in one bay, and so a little bit I get a little bit constrained on making sure I'm not like shooting the the walls and the props on it on the stage that's that's right next to it in the same bay and that sort of stuff. Often using the same targets. For, for multiple stages and that sort of thing. But um, for me, stage design, when, when I look at, when I try to, to design a stage, I have tried to avoid any sort of four positions with four targets each and you just go shoot eight rounds and go shoot eight rounds. That's, I think that's, those are just boring. They're not fun to shoot. I don't, I don't know anybody that actually enjoys shooting those. Um, so what I try to do is I will set up um, I may have an idea in my mind. I may draw something ahead of time, but often I, I, I don't. Um, I will I will set up fault lines uh, and I will try to create different shooting positions. And then I will I will try to set at least one target that will force people into the shooting positions I want to force them into. So that'll kind of give me a broad base uh, of a stage. And, and set up whatever I walls I need to, to force people into those positions. And then really the rest of it is just adding targets around them that maybe can be shot from, I don't care if somebody's forced into a position to shoot five targets, they just need to go to that position and shoot one target. And if the other targets are available at multiple different positions, then that's completely fine. Uh, and so I really try to do a, a I try to leave the, most of the targets as open as possible and force people just into the the one targets that will force them to go to one place or not the other. Uh, so that's kind of what I try to do. 
I try to make sure that, uh, to me, a big thing is mixing up distance. Um, you don't want to just have all the targets at 10 yards or all the targets at 25 yards. I want to vary the, the, the difficulty of the targets on a stage um, so that there is you're having to, you're having to change change your focal points and stuff like that during it. Uh, and then also trying to at least I do somewhat consider, okay, are these positions super close together? Is that gonna if anybody's doing are they, do they have room to make a reload in between running um, and that sort of stuff? Uh, at least I try to make sure that there's at least a little bit of consideration for that, although that's not a huge part in my stage design. Uh, but that's that's pretty well how I approach it. Uh, and then and then just as a whole, I'm usually designing three of the six stages. And, uh, you know, I try to – I hate when you go to a match and it's like that match has a theme and it's and it's all the same for the entire – like, you know, it's like, oh, this is a hoser match. Uh, so people will leave there and they think, oh, hoser stages are terrible. Or you go to a match and it's just like – Everything is parceled up. Uh, everything's at 25 yards. It's just an aiming match. And like, okay, no, take take some stages. A hoser stage is fun. Like if you've got a six-stage match, yeah, put a 10-hit factor or 11-12-hit factor stage in that match. But then put like a four- or five-hit factor stage in that match as well. Uh, and, and try to make it so that you're not – you don't just become known as, oh, this is a hoser match or this is an aim fest. Uh, try to make sure that you have all of it in there. And then the other consideration is I really think USPSA matches are the most fun. Um, when we get close to an IPSC, as far as IPSC does a 3-2-1, they do three short, two medium, and one long field course. I actually like it more as a 1-1-1. One, one, one. So one, medium, one short, one medium, and one long. Uh, so in a six-stage local match, you'd have two short courses, two medium courses, and two long courses uh man that just makes the stages more interesting to me um you know short courses are often if they're done right a lot of people think of oh it's only an eight to 12 round stage oh that's that's boring that's not gonna be fun man if it's done right those can be the the funnest stages of the match um to me those are the stages where you put movers in if you got a big 32 round field course especially like at a local match i think major matches should consider this as well but don't put a bunch of weird movers that's going to slow down the match a ton on your big 32-round field courses that are going to take forever to, to run and score and reset anyway. Use your short courses to put your movers on because everything's going to go fast then. Uh, that's, that's a much more efficient place to use your mover or maybe your stuff that, that resetting takes more time to do. Um, so that's, those are kind of my just peripheral thoughts on, on stage design. Uh, what do you guys, what do you guys think? So you just design so, as you go, right? For the most part, yeah. Um, I'll go and I'll I'll just set up stuff on the ground and then I'll start moving stuff around. Um, sometimes I draw stuff out, but it's it's such so rare that I can draw something out on paper that it looks anything like it once you get it on the ground. Um, that it's it's usually kind of a, a little bit of a wasted effort for me to draw it ahead of time. Um, usually I have just a little bit of an idea of, okay, I want to make them move backwards a little bit here and then I'm make them move left and then, and then go forward. Uh, and so I'll have a general idea on what I want the fault lines to be. Um, but that all can, that's all kind of fluid. So when I was pretty new to the whole stuff, I used to 
make the stages in a PowerPoint, like someone had put together PowerPoint with all the targets and everything and fault lines. Mm-hmm. It, it, it helped when I was pretty new and trying to figure out what I was doing. Um, anymore, though, if I draw it out, it's because, you know, I'm sitting at the office or something and, and something comes to mind. And I'm like, oh, that sounds like a good idea. And I'll jot something down and, like, take a picture of it with my phone and or build this next match. But a lot of times, if I'm if I'm building a stage for major, uh, because we have so many people that are for a local, because we have so many people that don't generally travel a lot, a lot of times I'll base a stage on a local after something that I saw at a major that I liked. It won't be like an exact copy or anything, but if it had something really interesting about it, I'll do something very similar. So I know like last year I took Ben's class up in Omaha and the stage he built for the class, you know, it had some interesting aspects to it. So it wasn't a direct copy, but it was very similar and kept a pretty similar flow. I think it made an interesting stage and it's an easy way to come up with something if if you travel with very many majors that most people aren't going to see otherwise. Yeah, I think that's pretty smart to do. Uh, you know, that kind of brings up an interesting concept. I really think the best stage designers are typically some of the best shooters. Uh, it, it's pretty It's pretty rare that I see really great stages coming from people that don't have lots of experience and they're C, B-class shooters. Uh, to me, there's I don't normally see great stages from that. Uh, so I would I would recommend if you're if you're newer to the sport, you're lower class, you don't have a ton of experience, you haven't traveled a lot of matches, but you want to help with stages, man, try to ask some of the better shooters that you have locally about stage design. Like ask them if they'll come help you set up a stage, or ask if you can if they're setting up. Say, hey, can I come help you because I want to see how you design stages. Uh, I think I think going to the better shooters because they they just understand the sport more uh, and and I, they have more experience and to me they build better stages because I've watched a lot of stages of of that Ben puts up in his classes and I'd love to see a match that Ben designed uh, like I'd like to see Ben like design a nationals I mean I don't, I don't know if he would ever do it but I I think those would man that could be I bet he could set up a phenomenal. Uh, match just from a stage design standpoint he's shot so many matches all over the world uh, and he kind of knows what works well and what doesn't uh, so i'd kind of like to see that yeah that would be cool uh me i don't set up matches or stages or anything so you're just a user i'm a user yeah you give There's nothing a... back Can to you the sport. The... we don't have any back. We don't have any sanctioned matches within an hour and a half of me. Um, so I'm not going to drive up the day before on a club match to help them set up. Or I thought you were shooting a classifier match this weekend. In Tulsa. It's two hours away. You're driving two hours for a local? Wow. That's a classifier match? No. They just have a classifier. So, yeah. Uh, I don't... I mean, we have some some little matches here locally. They're not sanctioned. They don't follow. They're like little outlaw matches, basically. Um, but uh, I don't even always get to go shoot those, and they're not not very often. So I don't I don't help set up stages or plan stages. Uh, it's not really my it's not my match. 
Uh, the guy. Why are they it. outlaw? Just because they're not sanctioned, and the rules they make up rules as they go, like not as they go, but it'll be like, uh, okay, well this match, you know, we're doing any gun that uh, meets these requirements gets major fat power factor scoring kind of deal. Uh, they just kind of make up stuff like that. It it's fun. I like to shoot them, but uh, yeah, I'm not. I'm not terribly involved in the planning of those. Uh, yeah. So I don't, and I don't really want to, like, I don't sit around thinking about stages. I have never sat around and thought about stages and what would be a cool stage. Never done that. So it's not, not my thing. I like to shoot them, not plan them. I mean, everybody would love to just shoot, just get the shoot matches and never have to build them. If there was something closer that I could help and give back, I would. But the closest one's an hour and a half, and I already leave the house at 7 o'clock on those mornings. So. Why don't you start your own match? No. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff only has like 10 hours in the day to, to work with for there's everything. Not, there's not enough hours in the day, and I have to work 10 hours a day. So there you go. Ah, you don't now we work see what's that much. No, he's working 10 hours a day so he can take off on Friday. Yeah, he has all day off on Friday. I wonder if he can't do the podcast stuff anymore. I got to watch my kid. I got to watch my kid for half the day Friday while my wife works. So? Or I get to watch my kid. That's like four <laughs> hours. What do you do the other 20 hours? Of a Friday? Well, yeah. I sleep. I sleep for at least five of those hours. Okay, so um, now you've got fifteen hours. Yeah, you know, yard work, home improvement, whatever else I want to do, other than now think you about got thirteen stages. hours. You're not doing more than like two hours of yard work. You get oh tired gosh. before then. Uh, Jason, do you do you design any stages? I, I don't currently. I've designed a couple. Um, it is definitely a skill. Um, that I think when when someone's really good at it, it's 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 kind of neat. Uh, most people are not very good at it, and for a couple reasons, mostly because they're just getting into it. And I think it's like anything else: the more you do it, the better you get at it. So, um, I'm always most people that I've seen that have taken on the task get better at it pretty good pretty quickly, but. Uh, it's definitely difficult to design a legal good stage. Yeah, that. Yeah, you actually bring up a really good point. Uh, with man, it's so frustrating when you go to a match, like especially if you go to one out of town and the stages aren't legal. It's like, what do you like? Yeah, that's at least a good starting point. Is just make sure your stages are legal. Uh, that's that's a really good starting point. Um, there's a there's a a match not that far from me that. I know that they do often have not legal stages, and they just don't care. Uh, so I I tend to not go to that go shoot that match. And then the other thing is that I've noticed is um, no matter how good you think your stage is, and how no matter how good of a job you think you're doing, kind of maybe directing directing the shooters down this path, somebody given given enough shooters, somebody's going to completely just destroy your stage design and, and game it to death. I mean, not yeah. all the time, not all the time, but it's, and that's got to be frustrating um, for people because they're, they're trying to 
make it interesting and um, and then somebody totally just sees something that they didn't think of because they were too close to it and they're like holy crap that just completely voided my stage out <laughs> and I feel for those people because I mean everybody does it and you're going to do it if it's going to give you an advantage but yeah but it's definitely it's definitely something that I admire people that are good at it and I'm fortunate enough that um, there's two clubs near me that the stages are always really, really good. Actually, three clubs near me. Um, and then, so, yeah. And then there's a, cl- a local club to me. It's, I mean, it's 20 minutes down the road, and the stages have gotten a lot better in the last year or two. And um, it's just that's that club's uh, limited by range conditions and stuff. So, so no, I don't, I don't design stages. Another user. No, I, I've designed a couple and and gotten completely destroyed by how bad they were. <laughs> so I think that's the other thing is that if you're gonna design stages, um, being able to take criticism uh, is man. Some people get so defensive about their stage plan, their stage designs. I mean, and man, like you're gonna if you if you design stages, like you're gonna you're gonna make some terrible ones. I know I've put some stages up and like I get them like all the way up and spent like two hours on it. Sometimes it's like I just want to rip the whole thing down because it, it's just terrible. Like it's just not working. You don't have time to you don't have time to do it. But like if you're designing and building stages, you're going to build some bad ones uh, and just be OK with that. Like you let your ego go. And if people people don't like your stages, um there will be people, people that love it and people that hate it. It doesn't matter how good it is. Uh, but nice. be able to listen. Be able to listen to it, their criticism, and maybe you ignore it. Uh, you kind of got to learn what's what's good and bad advice. But maybe ignore it. But maybe maybe you do get some good some good insights on how to how to build something better in the future. All right. So I have not shot a match yet this year, but you boys all shot a match all of y'all shot a match a couple weekends ago uh and uh, jared has shot a couple a couple i think he's got a couple locals and a couple majors so uh let's talk about ozarks uh this is this is going to be a chance for we've already talked about it but jared is going to open his soul to the world and be vulnerable and he's he's really scared about that like a I don't know if he started drinking or not yet, but I feeling it's coming soon. Um, but we had we had one winner from the podcast, right? No, two. Wait, wait. No, we had one winner. Jeff won the highly contested, highly highly contested single stack division. Uh, so let's. Close. It was yeah. close. It was I. I was close. I was watching scores and I was afraid he was going to lose, um, but he pulled it out. So we'll start with let's start with Jeff on first match back after quarantine and COVID and a lot of rust. Oh yeah, um, it felt better than my first match last year, which was actually the same major. I think I think this was my Ozarks was my first major last year, except it was in March. Uh, but this one felt better, maybe because it wasn't freezing and raining, but, uh, the weather was perfect. Yeah. The weather was amazing. So it was good. I mean, definitely could have done better. You can always do better. There's always something, you know, you feel like you could have done better. What Uh, do you mean? It felt better. Like quantify that a little bit. Like I didn't, I didn't miss steel as much as I did, 
just the shooting felt better. It felt uh, less rusty, I guess. What do you think contributed year. to that? I don't know. Could have been the weather. Uh, could have been I'm another year into it, and I'm a little better at knocking the rust off. I don't know. Uh, could have been just my confidence level going into it. Did you feel like you were comp- like so going in? So I think this is kind of an interesting question, like how you guys felt like going into the match, how y'all felt like while you were shooting the match, and then like what your thoughts are after the match. Like, so did you feel like you felt like you were going to go in and wreck it? Me, yeah, I did feel that way. I was feeling real confident going into it. Uh, then after like the first two stages, I was like, okay, yeah, we're just kind of shooting okay not really great and then by the end of it i was like well it wasn't great but there wasn't anything catastrophic so it was an okay match yeah so yeah i didn't i didn't just totally wreck it like i wanted to but it it was an okay match i i got some good video jason took a lot of video for me so i got some stuff to analyze and See what oh, I'm yeah. stuck at. You got coaching at this match. Yeah, I got some free coaching. <laughs> what? How did? Uh, how did that? Like, do you do you yeah. think that contributed to your win or what? Definitely. Yeah, okay. I couldn't have done it without coach. What was the What was the best? Like, like did he make help you make some in game adjustments or what was like the best best coaching you got? It was just so much, you know. It, it's hard to <laughs> it's hard to say. I saw Boomer walk him to the porta yeah. potty two or three times for a massage. So, <laughs> oh, well, you got to stay loose. I mean, whatever you got to do, you don't want to get tied up on the field. Yeah, I th- I think just just having coach in my corner. Yeah, it made for at least seven uh, percent gains, probably. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I just told him, "Hey, man, just go up there and bye." <laughs> I said you can't pull the trigger fast enough on the stage, Jeff. No matter what, you can't pull the trigger fast enough or too fast. You can't pull the trigger too fast. It's not possible. So just let it rip and you know. That's good Jeff, advice. Jeff, what'd you think about the uh, multiple standing reloads and on multiple stages from one spot? I mean, I'm not saying like every stage had a multiple or a one standing reload. I'm saying Three or four stages had like three standing reloads in the it, same spot. Like obviously that's not a great stage design, right? But it does not bother me. Yeah. I don't mind shooting that because everyone else Everybody has to has do it. Everybody has to do it. Yeah, yeah it, it doesn't bother me. I'm like, oh, I'm not going to throw a fit about having to do two standing reloads because it doesn't matter. Uh, There's no way that someone can game it. <laughs> yeah, like even somehow. there wasn't – I couldn't even – on most of those, or all the ones I can think of, like not even the production guys were in any better shape than me. Uh, so, man, that's like for you to be able to have that attitude, like, oh, I just don't care, like it's not that big a deal, man. When I walk up to a match like that, and there's like it's basically an illegal stage, and you're just having their standing standing reloads, like it makes me so mad that I I I struggle to shoot well. At that point, because I'm just like, this is this is so dumb. Like, this is just this is just well, it's illegal. It's not a legal stage. Going back to Jason's point of 
starting with a legal stage. Uh, probably good. I, you probably would have kicked my butt if I'd been there because I'd have just got mad about something pity, yeah. like, pitiful hopefully, like that. You would have loved area it. Three, you hopefully, the area three, area three is the same way. It it I'm, has potential to be like that. <laughs> I find those stages like that annoying. Yeah. It doesn't bother me that much. One thing, uh, I don't know, like, Jason's a pretty good shooter. So, I always feel... Jason Boomer? Yeah, Boomer Jason, coach. Oh, okay. I always feel, uh, I always feel like not a very good shooter. Like, when I'm shooting with Jason at a match. So, I always feel like I'm like, I feel like I'm, I'm chasing Jason. And uh, I don't know. I, I feel like it kind of makes me shoot better. I'm like trying to keep up with, with Jason. Yeah, I don't know. That's cool. That's cool that you can do that in, in real time, like in, a, in the actual match, because some people don't handle that well when they um, – I've yeah. got a buddy up here that he'll, he'll watch a shooter shoot. And he'll go, all right, I just got to shoot it one second faster than this guy. And I'm like, that's the absolute wrong thing to think. That's <laughs> well, 100% the worst thing to think yeah. when you're shooting I mean, matches. It's not really pressure because I'm not yeah. shooting against you, but like right. I, I see you shoot and you're shooting high cap and you're shooting with a dot, so it looks really good, right? Like you can you can make long shots easy, you can make a stage flow really well because you got plenty of rounds. You just move around and shoot, and it looks really good, and it makes me feel really shitty. Cause I'm like, oh, well, I'm gonna have to stop there and aim really hard, and I'm gonna have to reload right there. It's just, it feels really choppy. So, uh, it just, I don't know. It makes me, uh, it makes me feel like a worse shooter, but it, it makes me want to do better somehow. So, hey, if it works for you, because like I won't watch a PCC or an open guy shoot. Expect, I mean, I, I don't watch anybody that's shooting before me for the most part. Uh, yeah. Even afterwards, I probably don't want. Because you know, afterwards you're kind of loading your mags up, and then you know, and then taping, and then when they're shooting and you're done loading, you know, you start kind of talking to other guys about the stage that have already shot it. So I don't usually watch too many. I was watching you because I was videoing you because I think you were right after me each time. Yeah, I was like two, we started two yeah, was, two people after you. Oh, that's right. Yeah, it was a good match for me, and uh, I beat Jared. So that's an accomplishment. Jared's Jared's a phenomenal shooter. So phenomenal. Let's go to let's go to let's go to Jason next. And there was a lot of partials. So major. What do you think? Major helped in that aspect. Of course, there was a lot of steel too. I don't, a lot see, of steel. Here's the deal. Everybody going into this match came up to me. You know. Oh, that you were shooting minor. I, I heard that multiple times. And you never thought that you were outgunned or undergunned or whatever because you were under ammoed. I mean, any position that you had to go over eight, you had to go over ten, pretty much. Yeah. Okay. So. Uh, for me though, yeah, this this is our my first first major, I guess. And um, I was actually a little nervous going into this match. Um, the week before, I would just be thinking about it, and I would get anxious. And I had some theories on why I was doing that. And um, this match had some heat in carry optics. There was uh, another GM, another M that was 
two other M's that are GMs in other division. One was a top five production finisher, uh, or six, and then, um, but yeah, so I ended up doing well. I, was, I, I have officially lost a match due to one stage now. Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah, and that's, to be honest, though, that's probably still not technically accurate. Even if I would have done fairly well on that stage, I, I had three penalties on the stage and then dropped. I got pissed off because I knew it, and then on the very last position, I just slung ammo and got picked up two Deltas and two Charlies. Uh, maybe no, yeah, and then the rest were Alphas on three targets. So I mean, it was a, it was a, it was a pretty bad. That stage just it was. I, I just flew the plane right into the side of the mountain on one stage, and it was a. But I got back on it. I stayed with it. I didn't let that derail my match. So that was good. Yeah. But, I shot fairly well. I mean, there's like Jerry, uh, Jeff was saying, there were several stages that you know I waiting on a activator or making up one on steel. I dropped a, a no shoot, and you know you just have to stick with it and know that hey, those things are going to happen. And um, so I had several things that I wished I could have done better, not including that one bad stage, but I still shot fairly well overall. So yeah, <clears throat> I've seen so... you shoot better. I've seen you shoot better though. Yeah, I, I was a little nervous each stage. Um, towards the end, I think it kind of went away, but maybe maybe toward you know last one or two stages, and I shot the last couple stages pretty well. But it's just this this match was a weird match. Um, I don't know, but I, as far as going into it, I felt I felt good. You know, I, I'd been practicing a little bit, and um, I'm getting confident in. Um, you know, I don't know that I shot that match that bad. I don't know. You say you've seen me shoot some better, and, and I'm sure you have. I'm sure I've shot some better. But overall, I'm still pr pretty pleased with that performance. Um, you know, we were the – our first stage was probably one of the harder stages on the match, and I was the first shooter, and I nailed that one out of the park. And, you know, mm -hmm. so I'm, I'm, I'm liking the pressure because I've been – when I get it, I've just been telling myself that, hey, you know, you're going to get this, and uh, – you you can shoot through it. You know it's not it's not debilitating pressure, but it's it's you know you're you're a little nervous and um, and I've been I've kind of been welcoming that because you're going to have it and just understanding that it's going to be there from time to time and it's not a bad thing um, and you still just have to stay on track with your program with your with your stage plan and um, and I, I felt like I did that pretty well. I just that stage that I bombed. It was a uh, Virginia count stage, so my first penalty was a foot fault, and I actually got two foot faults. I later challenged one, that it should only be one and won that. Um, that wouldn't have changed anything. I still would have been second place. But the other one was I had an extra hit, an extra, an extra shot, and an extra hit. Uh, I called a delta and immediately fired a makeup on it, and then totally knew it when I was leaving that position and just was pissed off. So anyways, but uh, I think part of that was just not, it was one of these, this is one thing I hate at matches. I don't, and you see it almost every match. So you just have to get over it. The, the, the two stages per bay at a major and they didn't keep us hot where we, we shot one stay hot and one shot the other one. They had two squads in this bay and one squad shot one match, shot one stage and the other squad shot the other stage. That wasn't horribly bad, I guess, but it just it just you just waited that much longer. 
before you shot. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so I, I think I just got complacent during the waiting time on that. Some other things probably caught my interest. Um, and I just didn't. <laughs> I just didn't. Uh, I just didn't give it the respect I guess it deserved, and it, it bit me in the ass. So, like there was some like livestock in like the field next to the range, or what? Sure, huh. something like that. He was just thinking, bye. <laughs> just thinking, bye. Bye, Bert, brat. What is it, Jeff? <laughs> All right. Now, uh, that's it, Jared. So, so yeah, so Jared, let's let's be like let's be open here. Uh, <laughs> you did not you did not actually want to even talk about this match at all. So, but I think it'll be good for our listeners to hear to like like okay like. Yeah, you didn't shoot a good match. We've all we've all been there, yeah. uh, for sure. But let's so like, what happened? What are you mad about? Have you have you fixed it? Have you thought about it? Uh, have you drunken your sorrows away? Mm-hmm. Did you throw, did you think about quitting? Like, where people are we at? Need, let's people need to hear it from a pro shooter. Yeah, I I, re- I refrained from throwing a gun over the berm. Definitely good. considered it. That's uh, the starting point. I with without like trying to remember like early locals I shot, that was for sure the worst major that I've ever shot on the standpoint of errors that are not even shooting related. Yeah. Uh I I honestly probably have never shot a local that poorly. But definitely from a standpoint of a major, it is the worst major I've ever shot. Even like going back to my first major match ever. That match was worse. So did you feel uh, how did you feel going into the match? Were you like I mean, were you worried about it? Were you confident? Were you just kinda like, eh, let's see how it goes or what? I, I was I was confident. I was prepared. I felt ready. Uh ready to shoot. You know, pretty pumped up first major of the year. Like ready to finally get the shooting season going. Um First stage was one of those ones where he was talking about where you end up doing a bunch of loads in one spot. Like at the end of the stage, all three of my reloads, all three of the mags were within like a foot and a half of each other. Oh, wow. So definitely, that definitely did not help my mindset. I mean, I didn't feel like I shot that stage that bad. I did have to reshoot it because of an activator issue or something. I don't remember what it was. One of the activators didn't work. So I ended up having to reshoot that when, like, after like halfway through the stage, um, so it, it didn't get off to a terrible start, but it definitely wasn't a good start. I mean, I was I was way off the pace on that stage, but it, um, then the next stage was another one that I did not feel was a very good stage. Essentially. You had like two targets. Uh, one to the you started in the middle of the wall, like in the middle of the position, and you had a target on one side of the wall at basically ninety degrees, and one on the other side at ninety degrees. Both of those required three rounds per, and then there was also six plates. Um, and then on each side of the stage, there was uh, two more paper that you shot three per and a steel three more paper sorry 
so it was nine rounds in steel on each side or nine so it was ten rounds on each side with the with the two in the middle in which that one was definitely irritating but uh, essentially some that shouldn't happen was I you know drew to the paper on the on one inside shot it shot the plate rack um, had one makeup on plate I think or maybe two so I, I ran to get a slide lock so I'd do a slide lock reload going to the left um, shot everything there fine but then like basically got flustered and hurried and completely skipped over the other right side inside target but uh, I personally did not think that stage was an overly great design I mean I can't see how it got approved I mean there was doesn't, doesn't sound legal technically yes you can see one of the targets that's in the from the right side, from the middle. So you can see those from the middle. But if you shot those from the middle, you just made the the middle of the stage just became a, uh, what, 18-round position, said? Yeah. Or, or either way, I did not feel it was a great stage. Didn't didn't care for it. I thought it was pretty unfriendly to low cap. But regardless, the, the problem there, more so in the stage, was essentially just got flustered, forgot a target. Uh, which is pretty much a match ender on something like that when you have good competition. And there was uh, there was another a very good production shooter there. I okay, think he so like you actually last year. So two stages in, you not a great first stage, and then you give up what like sixty match points on the second second stage of the of your match. I think so. Probably sixty match points. I don't remember off the top of my head, but it was. I mean, it's, it's a match ender. There's there's no making that up. So, okay, uh, yeah, okay, so do you, I mean, like, once you had that, were you just checked out for the match? I mean, like, was that kind of your attitude, like, hey, this match is over? I mean, like, from a standpoint of caring, like, like caring on where to finish, no. I mean, I still cared about shooting well, but, like, you you know you're not in the hunt anymore. So that part didn't matter. So, I mean, I still shot some stages well on the top of the hill, Um Next stage, uh, we had to draw to like a 15 or 20 yard zebra. I, I called two good alpha there. One was about probably a quarter inch or half inch into the black, so it was actually a mic. Um, I mean, I don't that that something like that doesn't really bother me because at the end of the day, it's it's a it's a shooting error. But call a good shot and it, it happens to be a little bit off. I mean, I could have I could have sent three at it. I should have sent three at it. Um, and then actually on the same stage, there was a position where you were shooting a partial while moving. And I just got on the trigger just barely in the wrong pace and just pulled one down slightly in the no shoot. Uh, made it up instantly. All right. Same kind of thing. I was, like I just kind of view that as a, a should happen type of deal. I mean, it's certainly something to work on, but if you're shooting that stuff aggressively, you're going to occasionally tag a no-shoot on it. Um, that stage you're talking I, about... Hey, let me ask you a question. That stage you're talking about right now, that's the first one on top of the hill. For mm -hmm. production, do you think, Jeff, for shooting low cap, do you think that stage was just a... Um, you're like, okay, I'm going to survive this stage. I'm okay with anywhere, you know, first to fifth, seventh place on this stage. I'm not trying to win this stage by any means. I just want to survive it and do decent on it. That stage, because that, that had a lot of hard partials on it, and, and they were, it was deceivingly, it was more deceivingly difficult than I think we thought I it was by looking at it. 
personally, I would say that was a pretty good stage. Uh, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say it's something that, like, I don't like the idea of trying to just survive a stage. I mean, if you're just trying to survive a stage, it's a really bad stage, yeah. in, in my opinion. Yeah. And you know, that's not that's a tough first target to to draw to the 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 zebra or skunk or whatever you guys call it in your area. But that I mean, that didn't bother me. That's a that's a legit shooting challenge as far as I'm concerned. And same thing with the partials. I mean, uh, it it wasn't terrible. There was just Couple shooting errors on it. Um, wasn't good. But then a couple stages after that, like I, I won, I think the next stage after that, which was a, a plate rack. It had 12 plates and a bunch of paper. Uh, shot it fairly well. Um, then there was another, like, kind of short course. I think it was like 18 rounds or something. I didn't win it, but it was, I don't know, 92 or 3%. I mean, it was, it was pretty good. Uh, too many Charlies, like four Charlies on it, but. Overall, it was good. Um, then there was another stage up there that was, I think it's the one that Boomer messed up really bad, where you started the back on like an array of four targets, had like a one-step reload to eight more rounds, then basically run to the right, shoot, or uh, four more rounds, run to the right, shoot four more rounds, reload, and you had a partial and a, a steal, run the end, take another partial coming in, uh, reload, take four, and then about a 90-degree transition, uh, two more paper at like 15 yards probably, and then a steal at like 12 yards uh, with a little bit of lean on one of the papers, but it wasn't it wasn't terrible. I mean, a little off on the pace because I got hung up on the, on the piece of steel. I just didn't quite get in the right position. Um, and then the back, the last stage on the top was another one that was just, it was really annoying. It was like a... You had a, I think it was one paper and steel on each side that you basically shot from the from the right and left corner of the stage, but then basically in the center you had one opening with uh, with two more walls. You had two targets, two targets, one on each side inside of the next wall, and then across the back you had uh, I think four poppers, or maybe it was six poppers. I don't remember for sure, and two partial ipsic targets at probably fifteen yards. So it was. I mean, they're without trying to like break it up like a revolver shooter. I mean, it really we were basically ended up loading in the center. Uh, that one didn't go well. Um, is that the one with the two dropouts and the clamshell? Is that the one you're talking about? No, no, no that was the very last stage we shot up top. It was our second stage of the day. Oh, that one, yeah, yeah. So that that one didn't go well. Um, that was not a good stage. Just shoot, shooting errors getting hung up in the center. Um, first stage down the bottom after lunch uh, didn't go bad. It was like four steel paper on one side, four paper on the next side, run to the back. The biggest problem I saw with it was the way it was set up. Like All the high cap guys ran to one spot and shot the entire back of the stage where I had to come in on something, uh, shoot like six shots, Transition to a window, shoot a steel, reload, and shoot three paper at like 15 yards, maybe 16 yards, something like that, and then a close inside paper. Uh, wasn't terribly upset with that stage. I I did. I mean, pace wasn't too far off. Uh, I I got my 
basically when I brought the gun into the port, I was a little too close and I, I hit it on the window. It slowed me down a little bit. Um, but I dropped a lot of Charlie's on it. All right, then, so let me let me let me break in here and 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 just let me break in here a little bit. Uh, so without going like in the specific targets on the on the rest of the match, like what do you think was the biggest contributing factor to this being like the worst the worst match you've had? Probably just wasn't uh, focused enough on the stages we got there. Probably just time away. Didn't didn't focus enough on them. But um, definitely, I mean, the stage I had trouble with were definitely stuff I was annoyed with because of the the capacity stuff. I mean, it it didn't it didn't. I w- I don't want to blame it on that, but it definitely it didn't help. It didn't put me in the right mindset. Oh, for uh, sure. No, I get that. Yeah, I'm. The, I mean, I'm the same way. If I come to a match and it's like it's a bunch of stages that are borderline not legal or just just poorly designed stages, and I wasn't at this match, so I'm not saying that these were, but it sounds like there were some. Man, I have a. I'm not like Jeff. Like I can't. I like. To me, that's a big advantage for Jeff, where he can just say, "Oh yeah, it's fine. I don't care. I'll just shoot it." Uh, I don't. I don't do that so well. Um, so I mean, it I sounds do. like to me like you. There were there were stages that you didn't that just weren't interesting to you. So they were kind of boring. So lack of lack of focus a little bit there. And then the poor second the penalties on the second stage kind of probably put you in a bit of a bad mood for a while. Um, Absolutely. Do you I mean do you think it's fair to even to just chalk this up to like man this was just a bad mental performance and I don't necessarily need to make any sort of big changes. Just this was a bad mental performance. So- and I need to try to be locked in. On the next so, one. So, y- yes, no. So, that is what I kind of originally was saying. It was just bad mental. That's why I didn't. I wasn't going to talk about. It. I was like, oh, there's no point in dwelling on the negative. Like, I reviewed my video, decided what to practice for the week, and and brought, and just like decided I was going to write off. Like, not gonna not gonna think about it anymore. Not gonna do anything with it anymore. And then uh, this weekend in Arkansas, I really didn't. I didn't shoot terrible, but I did not shoot good. Like, it wasn't like a god-awful match. It was just like lots of what I would consider shooting errors. And, you know, dropping a lot of points, uh, just slow on targets that should not be so slow on. Uh, The way the stages were, overall, there was a lot of stuff where the, the best target to enter a position on was a partial target. Uh, frequently, I mean, we wouldn't say like every every position entry was not that way, but there was a lot of it, position entries where you're shooting a partial with like, you know, four to six inches of A zone or so, and uh, it was just a little slow on those, uh, and just generally slow on, sh- on most of the shooting unless it was like super close in your face stuff, and then uh, about halfway through the match on a you come in on, like I came out on open target just fine. Transition to a partial was probably ten yards. I mean, it wasn't an overly difficult target, but I ended up sending one over the shoulder and one tagging the shoulder for a mic on it. And about probably probably about the time I finished the next stage after that, like I it kind of it kind of dawned on me what I actually think is happening. So last year I shot carry optics all year. 
prior to that, I'd always shot iron sights. Uh, for me, I don't have a super strong dominant eye. So, like, in the past, I never could shoot both eyes open. I always put tape over my left eye uh, when I shoot in front sight focus. So, after shooting carry optics last year, when I switched to production for production nationals, I found uh, just shooting target focus on most average difficulty targets we see was working very well for me i mean until you got to like a, a pretty hard like 20 yard target or something i i really didn't see the need or a super hard partial up close like a, a head only target at like 10 yards i would still squint an eye and use front sight focus uh, but otherwise it was pretty much all target focus for me and what i what i believe was my biggest issue there was is my was basically trying to go back and forth between what I was focusing on what I shouldn't be instead of just focusing on the target and, and trusting what is happening there. Essentially trusting the practice. Cause the one I sent over top, like thinking about it afterwards, like exactly what happened was it was an, just an angle where there was a lot of sunlight on the front side. The fiber was super bright. And I just simply lined the gun up too high, but the difficulty of target there, I should have just been focused on the target and let the shooting happen. So it's that is something I'm going to be working on this week in practice. Uh, shooting, just trying to stay focused on that. And I think it was, I, I would call it a focus issue because it's purely not paying enough minds to seeing the the correct thing I need to see to make those shots. So that's what I'm going to work on. And then obviously, uh, position entry on those partial targets is something that I should have practiced ahead of time. But a bright note from that match is it had that super hard classifier, 1806, like for the day. You draw six to a uh, a zebra at uh, 15 yards and reload and six to a a partial target at 15 yards. And then three to an open target reload, three to an open target strong hand or weak hand. (coughs) So I shot that one a few times in practice because obviously the zebra there is a hard target and that partial is a hard target and most of the time you know 15 to 16 seconds was a a pretty normal run for me getting my getting all the hits about 80 percent of the time occasionally throwing a strong hand shot over the shoulder or or dropping one of the into the zebra um and oddly enough like the zebra you know shot it really well reloaded and the strong hand, like, I essentially kept the exact same pace. They were, like, probably 40 or 50 splits on the strong hand. But it ended up shooting the stage at, like, 1377 total time with two deltas and a mic and still wanted in production because every because that stage was, like, a lot of people had trouble with it, dropping, like, no shoots and mics and stuff on it. So everybody laid up pretty hard on it, which I didn't intend to, to shoot it like an idiot, but... It was just like, man, the sights are just returning. Bang, 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 bang. So I thought that was pretty interesting. Uh, but like the last uh, the last couple stages, you know, finished pretty well after I was kind of trying to think about what was happening and adjust for it. So your, your focus then is going to be trying to go to a front sight focus more no, confidently I'm... for most. I mean, I'm sorry, a target focus uh, for most of the year then. I I don't want to say just going to that because that's what I've been intending to do. I think it's just like uh, when when walking through the stages and stuff like that. Outside of like something like that zebra target on the classifier, 
I've never really, I hadn't really been thinking about like, what am I going to be seeing here? Like, I don't think it was paying the proper mind that I needed to. Yeah. I mean, I think that's a little bit just getting back into the, getting used to uh, shooting matches and what, I mean, like, it's a little bit like, there is a skill to shooting matches outside of just shooting skill. Uh, and so just get kind of getting those reminders. Oh yeah, this is where I need to put my focus when I'm shooting mm-hmm. a match. It's kind of an easy thing to forget. Uh, yeah. In that, in that scenario. Um, Have you ever yeah. like written those things down? So like the end of the season comes around, you're kind of dialed in. You're like, Oh, I figured out. I need to think about uh, grip side alignment and body posture if i focus on those three things i tend to shoot a stage really well and because i've done this and then you forget about it because you take an off season and you come back around and it takes a long time to figure that out again and then like to get halfway through the season you're like oh yeah that's right if i focus on these three things during make ready i'll shoot a stage good I used to kind of keep up with some of that stuff, but I, I've gotten away from writing stuff down. Um, it's probably not a bad idea to occasionally do it. But I also, I, I try not to to dwell on too much of the negative other than trying to take away what I need from it because I don't think there's a lot of benefit to sitting here and like thinking about something that just pisses you off and doesn't add to your, like, feeling good about shooting i think if it if it pisses you off but it motivates you to practice then i think that's a good thing i think jeremy likes to be pissed off i don't like it but i mean i i mean sometimes that is very motivating to man i gotta get back out on the range and get this figured out i think you Uh, thrive in the pissed off environment (laughs) maybe just because i live in that (laughs) maybe i just live in that environment too often We we talked about it in the group chat a little bit today, but I think anybody who takes this like very seriously and spends a lot of energy and time and money on it is going to not be happy with a subpar performance and, and be pissed off about how they did it and be looking for a way to improve on it and, and do better. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I. D- Jeff, I've tried the uh, the the range diary type thing. I mean, that's basically what you're what you're talking about is is, is doing something like that. I've Same tried that in the past, uh, and I just don't keep up with it. Um, like yeah. like some people some people do, and I just don't keep up with it. I will say what I did do at the end of last year, I got like a little dry erase board in my shop, uh, and so basically at the end of last year, I did write down my, kind of my overall theme of what i want how i want to structure my practices for this year and kind of what i want my focuses what i think my focuses need to be and so that's that is on my dry erase board and has been so that's kind of a i i usually at least look at that like at least once a week it's like okay yeah because sometimes you go out and practice and you get at least i do like i get stuck on something it's like i gotta fix this i gotta fix this uh and then and then you go back and look at kind of your overall goals for the season. It's like, okay, I just spent a week working on something that really might not be that big a deal. Like that's not actually working on the stuff that I feel like I need to be working on. So yeah. I, th- I think if you can, you know, and the way I practice is 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 kind of lends itself since with the kind of random practice. It's it's a little bit more. It's a little bit more. What are your base thoughts rather than I'm going to work on this specific drill that works on this specific skill set. So. Um, but I do think that's kind of a good idea is like, Hey, these are my goals for the season. 
and this is what I feel like I need to focus on throughout the year, uh, and just making sure that your your day to day dry fire, your your normal practice sessions and stuff are always moving towards those goals. Uh, and if they're not, then maybe that's not something you need to put your energy into. Yeah, that's what I I find myself wanting to refocus my practice. Like I'll I'll decide, like you're saying, uh, say at the beginning of the year, okay, I want to focus on. Uh, like setting up really sturdy and ripping out of position and just like, you know, pick a couple things and like, that's what I'm going to work on this year. And then it doesn't take very long at all. And I'm like, okay, I, I think I want to shift my attention to this. So mm -hmm. it, yeah, I don't know what the best practice is, but I find that to be challenging to stick to one thing. Mainly, I guess it's probably because I suck at everything, but it's hard to stick Probably. to one thing or, yeah, no, or, it or is. two or three things even. Yeah. So, I mean, so mine, mine are real broad. So for my last year, for me, it was, it was full out speed every single practice session. It was just go as fast as I could. Cause I had to get faster. Um, like that, that was my only focus is I, I just need to get faster. Um, this year I'm at, so my goal for my, my structure for my training this year is, I'm alternating days. One day is all speed, and then the next the next day is all accuracy. And I don't want to say when I say all speed, I don't want to say mean that it's all close hosem stuff. It's just I'm shooting anything that I'm shooting, whether it's a five yard target or a twenty five yard zebra, I'm shooting it as fast as possible. Uh, so I'm trying to hit max whatever my max split that I'm capable of. On the, I'm trying to do that all the time just to get used to that speed. Then on the accuracy days, again, it may be close hose and stuff, or it may be far stuff, but only A's count. And so it's it's trying to get that speed control, uh, which I think is one of the very few elite skills that very few people have as far as they can they can dial it up or dial it back. Like 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 Jason was saying, where you uncomfortable with this stage, it, man? It doesn't. You go to a match like there's gonna be stages that you're just uncomfortable with like for whatever reason like you just you just walk up to the stage you just look at that stage like man i'm just not that comfortable um and being able to have the ability to just say okay i'm not really comfortable with this stage so i'm gonna i'm gonna dial it back five ten percent and i'm just gonna i'm gonna shoot a really solid stage uh kind of reduce my margin for error a little bit um i think the elite shooters are able to do that um and and, and do well at that i i but there's not many people I don't think that can actually do that and do it successfully. So that's something that I'm trying to work on is being able to control, being able to control how fast I'm doing. I'm not just relying on adrenaline to make me fast. I'm not just relying on blah to go fast. Uh, it's, you know, maybe there's a stage where I need to go blah and maybe there's a stage where I need to be a little bit, a little bit less, uh, machine gun like on it. Mm -hmm. uh, and so trying to be able to control that. It, but it's funny when you talk about devolving and not being able to keep up with your plan for the whole year uh, is that I end up, I end up, okay, I've, I've, I've gone real hard for, for the, the past hundred rounds in practice. So now let's see what I can do at match speed. And I end up then just trying to shoot match pace. Well, then you, then you, have, well, let's just try match pace for the next couple of practices. And then you've, then you've lost focus. You've, then you've mm -hmm. got away from, from what your plan was for the year. Um, so I do think kind of having whenever I talk about having like a p overarching plan, that's what I'm talking about uh, as far as myself. Uh, yeah. and I think you could do something like it doesn't matter what drill you're doing, you could take a similar approach um, with that. 
Mm. I think that's a good idea. I like it. Well, cool. Are we, uh, we talked out? I think that's all I had. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Jared, what, weren't you going to like change your magazine orientation or something? Oh, yes. I changed it back to bullets forward. Why'd you do that? I just didn't really feel comfortable with it. Like, even, like, stuff, it was going fine in practice and dry fire and stuff, but in matches, it just wasn't going well. Fumble too many reloads, bad grips on the mags. So, mm. I'm going back to what I've done for four mm. years. Mm. That's good science. I'm just not you... as cool. I'm just not as cool as Jeremy and Boomer. No. When did you make that change? Uh, <laughs> last night at about... 8.30, I was sitting on the couch and switching them back. <laughs> I feel like that's kind of akin to, like, I got this new gun, I shot it, and I shot it for, like, six months, and I don't shoot as well as the gun that I trained with for four years, so clearly the new gun is not very good, okay. so I need to get okay. it. Hold up, I'm going to go into this, and this is going to be oh, tough. Oh, no. This is going to be tough for the listeners because this is a visual thing, but I'll try to describe it. Oh, okay, geez. so your, your bullets are out right so when you grab the mag your hand has to come down this way right just like straight down your hand stays straight like this okay so your your wrist is bending this way right uh my my wrist doesn't really bend my wrist doesn't really bend much to be honest so you're just all shoulder then yeah okay well for me that's that was part of the problem is like coming down like there's there's a little bit of wrist movement not a lot but there is but if you bend your wrist forward say you like tomahawk in your hand towards the screen and then try to point your fingers at the screen okay so you can bend your wrist about 45 degrees i feel like i can do like 90 degrees no you're doing this you're doing this straight up straight forward I feel like that's more than 45 degrees, bro. No, that's about 45 right there. 45. It's 45. Okay, so now when you're grabbing the magazines the other way, you're coming down this way. You bend the wrist this way. It can go past 90 degrees. Don't bend your wrist. It's inconsistent. Anybody moving Why are you is grabbing inconsistent. From, are you grabbing from the top of the mag? No. I mean, I'm grabbing as much of the mag as I can. But the point is, you have greater mobility going down with your hand pointed towards the rear of you rather than pointing in towards your body. Why do I need that mobility? I don't understand. Maybe because because you have gorilla arms or something. He's if you have been in your wrist, and I don't think Jeff, I don't think that feels uh, like a personal attack about gorilla arms. Now, you think it doesn't make sense? It does. It makes sense. No, makes okay. Sense here's here's why bullets out is is the fastest way. Your hand position and where your left hand is at on your gun is the exact same hand position that you grab the mag in. You just go down and back up. Whereas if you if you have bullets facing forward, you have to rotate your arm. You have to rotate your wrist to get no. to the front of the mag, and then rotate it again as you come back up. There's rotation either way. If you bring no, there's your, not. if you bring your magazine up, bullets out. You have to turn the gun 90 degrees to get the magazine in. There's movement either way. I don't no. think it matters. I don't much. think so, Jeff. I just I think you turn the gun with your right is. hand. I've got magazine and a gun right here. Just okay, guns forward. Shoot this. Wait, Jeff, shoot pointing guns at us now. Guns, Ford magazines out. 
okay magazine comes up this way yeah like you this. turn the gun you turn the gun you, you point the gun, the gun at your mac pouch yeah okay. look look when you just turn the then gun it's, it's pointing way over here oh see that That's okay yeah, see there how it is, goes straight in yeah you there is a small there is a yeah look at there is a small rotation jeff it but that rotation is but when you grab the mag there is no rotation of your hand i feel like there's too much shoulder movement if you don't bend the wrist mm, that's bad science <laughs> bad science this is jeff you grew up in oklahoma like it is known as like the worst educational system in america almost yeah so let's not talk about science I, I didn't go to that education system oh that's right you were in a tiger cage with joe exotic <laughs> to say homeschooled but i'm yeah. just saying bullets forward is better science that's so my motto. question is, is Jared going to stick with bullets forward all year? Yes. I mean, he sounds like he's searching for consistency, so changing your equipment is a great way to find consistency is what I let, feel like. Let me ask you this, Jared. When you switch back to bullets forward, how are your reloads? Better. Well, let me, let me say Put why. This is my theory on it, right? It, you ever guys, you guys ever switch from uh, a green fiber to a red fiber or a red fiber to a green fiber? And then you're like, yeah. holy crap, I can see the sight so much better. I'm so much more aware of where the sight's at. When you yeah, I do that. Seeing, when you, I actually did it on purpose. When you get used to seeing the green fiber all the time, yeah. sometimes it's good to change that to a red fiber. It's just, it's contrast. The contrast is more aware. You're, you're, you just, it's, yeah. you're more aware of it for a while. It's I mean, pretty, that makes sense. It's so, pretty common for me to shoot a different fiber in my match gun and my practice gun. Yeah, yeah. See? And so, you know, oh. we were watching a video a while back of somebody where they were like, I don't, when I do uh, dry fire, I don't put uh, ammo in my mags. And we kind of all thought, well, that's not really all that smart. You know, you kind of get, you know, practice with what you're working with. And in the match, you have uh, a fully loaded mag so why would you practice any other way and i started actually every once in a while I, later on the next day i started using empty mags and i'm not saying that that's the greatest thing ever but it there it definitely made me aware the moment i grabbed that mag and started moving it that hey this mag feels different and so i was more aware of it and so i had to be more cautious and see the mag into the gun versus just blindly throwing it in there through kind of trying to do it through muscle memory yeah, I actually like that. Um, I've kind of switched doing that a little bit. I'll even draw my gun with, at a, on a drill with a mag in there that doesn't have any ammo on it, and for the exact same effect, it just kind of makes me more aware of: am I slinging the gun around, or am I being precise and and, and uh, finessing? You know, am I using finesse when I get the the movements? I'm not saying it's the greatest thing ever. I'm just saying sometimes that's not a bad thing. So with, with Jared, he's probably aware, and it feels different, and he's just kind of more in the moment of that that movement and I, that that could possibly you know make it, it initially could, better could be yeah, sometimes just something different feels something better. different for it me could, though yes the the opposite Strange. wasn't true so like when i went to bullets out because you had it in your mind reloads were like immediately it. worse no I, in my mind i was You're thinking defeatist. this is going to be better this is better because there's less there's less rotation. Everything Jeremy said, okay, that's what I was this saying. Is this is going to be better, and I did it all year at nationals. Everything it was never better, and then within a week of switching back, it was better, way better than it had been 
the entire previous year. Okay. Okay, Jeff, you're going to make a slow-mo reload video, and I'm going to make a slow-motion reload video, and we'll post it up onto the podcast page, and we'll let the viewers vote, all five of them. Vote what? Which one has better science? Hey, hey, we're up to six viewers, by the way. Oh, six. (laughs) All six viewers can vote. Which one is better science? Okay, sure. Why not? Jeff's Jeff's reload versus Jeremy's reload. I look forward to this. This will be good. I mean, Jeremy's is going to be faster. His reload is faster than mine, no matter so what. So it's better. So it's better. I mean, is it? If it, yeah, is faster I mean, always better, or is there maybe a consistency thing to it? Well, you didn't say he was less consistent. You just said he was faster. Well, it is faster. Whatever, and, and, whenever and, you have standing reloads on stage, when you're talking, when you're talking something like reloads. If you just say he's faster at it, then that means he's also he's faster at doing them consistently. It's How many the, takes do we get? Just we'll do a good well, one. Get, yeah, just get, get, get a, a good, good run. run. So like a really fire reload. Whatever you think is good, Jeff. You post <laughs> whatever it up. You, whatever you Listen to him. Listen to him talking down to me. Hey, but seriously though, I mean, it's it's like something. It's man, everybody's different. So yeah, you might actually like them, and and I I'm convinced most of the stuff's mental. If you're just confident in what you're doing, that's the best thing for you. No, that's not good science. My bad. We need to we need to we need to make a hypothesis. Uh, we need to support it with evidence, and <laughs> we'll we'll uh, submit empirical evidence of what is better. And it's bullets out. We already know that, but. What, Jared? Buying more gear is always better. That's really the ticket. Spin That's money. true. That's true. Uh, go to BenStegerProShop.com and buy more gear. Support my buddy Tim. He needs a new truck. Uh, and he lives in Austin, so you got to feel bad for the guy because it's Austin. Uh, there's a bunch of hippies in Austin, so that's tough. Um, uh, I was I was concerned <laughs> my program order wasn't going to get out because of all the rioting and protesting. Yeah, he was probably in the middle of it, too. He's... He likes to do that. That's not true. People will believe that, and then they won't buy his stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Are we done? Is it? It's, yeah. Man, it's my bedtime. Yeah, we're done. <laughs> I'm not gonna be dry fire tonight. You got plenty of time. Bedtime. You've been dry firing for the last thirty minutes. We've just been hearing clickety clackety clickety clackety the whole <laughs> the whole time. I get bored easy. <laughs> it's okay. Jason fell asleep during the podcast earlier, so that's that's always great. I you didn't actually him. fall asleep. I was closing my eyes because I was tired. I'm tired. You saw, yeah, you saw me. You saw his eyes open. He's like, you can see that there's a moment of confusion. Like, hey, where am no, I? No, at? no, no. Did no, they but move I was me con- from my room. I was aware. Hey. <laughs> I was aware that if I if I close my eyes for too long, you guys would actually screenshot it and be like, look, Boomer we fell asleep. <laughs> I have a picture I need to post to the uh, the page. I saw Boomer didn't shoot Arkansas, but he was down there. I saw him <laughs> on his little dirt bike. <laughs> oh, yeah. All right, that dirt so... bike's a sissy dirt bike compared to mine. <laughs> all, all that pussy he was getting was making the uh, making the, the shock work. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we're gonna pinch it off. If you're listening, be watching the Facebook page for our good and bad science comparison. And I think that's all we have. In the picture, Boomer has their bike. <laughs> yes. And be sure and watch for the picture of Boomer on his bike.
Are we done? Oh, stop recording, damn it. <laughs>